You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Thank you so much for joining us for this extra special episode on finding each other through the fog of perimenopause. I am so grateful we get to have Bria the Period Whisperer on to talk with us today. As you know, we love to make sure that as at Enneagram and Marriage, we do our Enneagram tool usage with wisdom and try to integrate the best of marriage research, that we also try to remember that our health and fitness are part of that as well. And for those in the age category with you or your partner at 35 to 55, this is an episode that's going to really speak to you also, or if you're headed to that soon, this is also for you because I don't want anyone to be in the dark about seasons of life and what happens as our body changes and ebbs and flows past like the 12 up to 35 years of like definitely having these experiences of nurture and desire for children or having children for most. Um, And so it's important that you see what comes next in the cycle of life and marriage and how do the four-week cycles work in this time frame, as well as what can we do, what energy can be shifted, and how can we make the most of our time and even grow closer together as a couple? Bria is taking on us on that entire journey today. I'm so grateful for her clarified message, and she herself has such a powerful and robust email system, if you get on her email list, where she walks you through with a lot of freebies, and if you also want more, she has coaching support there as well, so that you can get back into a powerful place for the gifts you have to share in the world. Because I certainly know sometimes you're like, I want to share, but this week feels different than that one. And this food doesn't suit anymore like it once did. And so she talks with us about that and also welcomes us to what I think is good and hard for some of us, which is the vulnerability to share that with our partners. So grateful for her leading the way here. And we're going to bring her on just a second. I just want to remind you of our other announcements for before we do, make sure you check out our show notes also for the Equip and Activate Conference with Amy Wicks that's coming up in just less than two weeks. And I'm so excited to be part of it if you also just have some leadership needs. If you're just thinking about how you're going to lead your business better, then this is a great conference that I am so grateful to be a part of. And also we have a fun challenge coming up your way with Get Your Marriage On. So stay tuned for that in your email inbox. Make sure you go to any Ram and Marriage and get on our email list so that you can hear about that coming up really soon. Um, but then lastly, I want to remind you that if you are looking to become an Enneagram and Marriage Certified Coach, that you've got to make sure to get over to your inbox soon and get your coupon, or you can get it right here from our show notes so that you can come on over to EnneagramandMarriage.com and sign up and get $500 off of your coaching certification so that you can really learn so many tools that I've learned over 20 years of doing counseling plus then integrating Enneagram in with, I think, life-changing results for my clients. And of course, I'm biased because I see them and I'm working with them, but 
it has been life-changing for me from my seat. And I am so grateful that so many people have come to me to share their stories so that I can honor the bigger legacy and journey over 20 years along with my research and say, let's bring this out even more. So thank you for being here on this podcast. Even if you don't want to be a coach or a leader, um, you're probably leading in some other capacities. But don't forget also Bria's wonderful resources to you. The only other family updates I have for us are, I hope you're watching the Percy Jackson show. It's been very fun at night. I heard Jack just now playing the piano with it. We are in the Sons of Neptune series. Um, also, we have our uh, dance conference this weekend for the C.S. Lewis screw tape letters are going to be danced out by a group called Ballet Magnificat. So that will be very interesting to see. Um, and I'm glad that uh, our family has these chances to operate within the educational sphere too. So I hope that you're checking out just all of your family balance too. I hope you're still taking date nights with your spouse because that has been a life changer for so many of us to just in the midst of all of your doing and all your hormonal cycles to also just allow yourself some rest and respite too. So these are the big things going on. Obviously, they're just little, but as we heard from Charlie Peacock and his wife, Andy Ashworth, the little things are the big things. So I'm trying to do those little things with grace and with focus. And today, Bria is going to help us to do all of that with the best rhythms too. So I'm grateful for her. Let's tune in together. Bria, thank you so much for coming on the ENM pod today. Thank you, Krista. I'm like beyond pumped to be here today. Oh, well, we're so happy. I have been loving getting your emails and you are here to talk about us, uh, perimenopause with us. I can't even talk. So I'm probably <laughs> in perimenopause. <laughs> You're going to help us, all of us who are spouses or partners or, um, those of us you are really, this is your superpower, right? Yes. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. I like to think of it as guiding women to transform from feeling like junk in perimenopause to really like knowing their hormones and healing their hormones and really just thriving in their bodies, their relationships, of course, and therefore their lives. Hmm. Oh my goodness. Well, I am so glad because you know that you are uh, needed very much. You say it's long years. It's like what, 35 to 55 for most women? Yeah, you know, I think it's a it's a funny thing, right? Because it's not super talked about. Yes. But just it's it, perimenopause isn't a diagnosable condition. It's really a phase like puberty. It's a, what I like to call as a reverse puberty. And mm -hmm. it starts around for all women around 35 and kind of call, you know, culminates or terminates in in menopause, which is usually about a year after our last period. And that that's on average around 55. So we're talking mm -hmm. 20 years here. Wow. Yeah, that's a long time. And why do you think there's such a shadow and a stigma around this season? Because you hear all about menopause, you hear all about the younger years. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's amazing to see because it's as significant as puberty, yeah. as pregnancy, as postpartum. Um, and it is amazing to see kind of the support and compassion, you know, that we've been able to put into place around puberty and pregnancy. And I think this is sort of the, the next piece. But mm -hmm. I mean, I think the biggest reason is that, you know, because our cycles are so under, you know, under misunderstood, you know, we, we really weren't, women weren't considered a part of our, weren't required to be a part of wellness or medical protocol research until the mm -hmm. mid nineties. So we're, we're just a lot further behind. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? 
It is crazy. And I truly believe you because I was just watching something with uh, my son on a history and it was fascinating to see that like we've gone through like BC times to now we're about at the 1600s and they just started figuring out that women didn't have as many teeth as or had the same amount of teeth as men and didn't have an extra rib. And they're like, no one ever thought to flipping look in a woman's mouth. Like they just didn't research women. Yeah, we were just considered small men. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and that's why I think what's I think that's also why we're becoming more aware of perimenopause mm -hmm. right now, because I think there's more issues coming up yeah. in this new modern era that we live in where women, you know, have a lot of the same rights as men now we're getting, you know, we work at the same capacity. Yeah. And so we're seeing I think that, you know, the challenges with not understanding women come up more significantly now. Yes. And they come up at every season, even to right before we got on my daughter's texting mom, do I do my dance class tonight? Because I have this experience and we're trying to negotiate that in all the years. So thank you for making that clear that 35 to 55 does not have to be a dark ages for women. Oh, um, no. <laughs> so we're kind of already sharing here today that it's okay for families to talk about it too. Um, I guess I wanted to ask, why do you think it's important for men to possibly be leaning into this episode too. I know women would feel very comfortable here, but if there's a man wondering, is this episode something for him too? What can you share to encourage or uh, let them know? Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think knowledge is power, right? It's knowledge is, you know, it connects us. The more we communicate and understand each other, it brings us closer together. So whether you're in a marriage, like a hetero marriage, or whether you just work with the people of the opposite sex or your family members, you know, it's, it's all around us. We're all half the population. So I think being open about a cycle that is pivotal to life on this mm -hmm. earth, I think, you know, really normalizing that conversation is, is so powerful. It allows us to get closer together. Yeah. Yeah. Normalizing it. And, and this is the great news today. You're helping us to see what we can do when we're stuck in it and feeling like junk. Um, yeah. Because I think many of us have had that experience and we've found our own ways to shift. And we've done some podcasts with wonderful people. I know we've talked a little bit about some of the others who have come on with this topic, but you're the first to really tell us about perimenopause. So I wondered if you could tell us how you see it show up. Tell us some of the symptoms that we might expect when we're in this season of life and for like we said, family members too. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'd like to kind of explain what happens during this transition. I think we're more familiar what we, you know, what we experience happening. Obviously in puberty, what's happening is our hormones are changing and shifting and growing so that we culminate in this place where we are reproductively capable and we have a period. Perimenopause is three three major things I'd say are happening. One, the role of our hormones. So who's operating our main sex hormones goes from our ovaries to our adrenals, which are our stress managers. And that matters because they're pretty busy. They're doing a lot of things. So the state of those stress managers will determine um, if we're going to have a lot more symptoms, if we need to struggle. So, so that's one piece. The second is that the amount of our hormones is decreasing, right? Because we're going from being reproductively mm. capable to not. However, I think, and I think that one gets the most, you know, the most 
airtime because we think like, oh, I'm just, I don't have enough of these hormones. And we think we're, you know, getting older and we think it's going to impact. But ultimately, if those hormones remain fairly balanced because they're symbiotic, meaning not enough of one is too much of the other, but if we can keep them balanced, then we should maintain not having major symptoms, like manageable symptoms, we'll say. Mm-hmm. And finally, the shifting, this transition of our hormones actually really impacts our brain as women. And, mm-hmm. you know, the science behind it is that our hippocampus and our amygdala are really sensitive to them and there are memory encoders and retrievers. So often we see women around this time going through this transition, becoming more aware of the things that maybe don't sit well with them, maybe past traumas that they didn't mm-hmm. um, deal with yet, or, you know, they're just, yeah, more bothered, more, more, more attentive and bothered to buy things. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that, you know, in a non-sciencey way, I like to look at it as well, suddenly we're just no longer subconsciously driven to being reproduced. I mean, from 12, 13 years of age until now, that's always been there. And it is right. And Mm -hmm. whether you wanted children or didn't had children or didn't, it's, it's, it's inside of us. And when that starts to dissipate, I think we just become much more aware of the reality of other things Mm -hmm. and pay more attention. So Interesting. You're right. That does show up a lot in these years. And you're right. Our focus is off. I can remember being so driven in that area and it changes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just changing. And I think, I think even just knowing those things, three things, you're like, oh, okay, well, if I stay balanced, I'll be okay. I am going to be more aware of things. So how am I getting, how's my relationship with that? And, you know, my stress management system is handling a lot. So how do I support her? How do I do that? So Mm I think your question was, how does that show up? I think when we aren't aware of these things, both, you know, men and women, we see a lot of things like women aren't sleeping as well in the night anymore, which creates a lot of fatigue, a lot of lack of patience, a lot of frustration, you know, a lot of lack of recovery or or Mm -hmm. not feeling really great in our body. We can start to get night sweats flashes and joint pain and hair loss and, you know, weight gain or stuck weight or anxiety. And uh, there's something like 34 known symptoms of perimenopause, probably way more than that. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I have lived through all of them at different moments. So I, and I think, you know, just like anything, when we're in more of a chronic discomfort, which is what starts to come up, then we aren't our best, we don't feel our best. And then we can feel, you know, again, I think, especially in a hetero marriage, and this is where I think the men can really come in, like, it's very lonely, because nobody else understands us, our kids aren't going through it, our husbands aren't going through it, you know, our mothers really can't remember it, and it may not have been as bad for them. So it's a very lonely time. And we're not as open about talking about it with our friends, because it's still a very taboo topic. Yes, it Mm -hmm. is. I noticed I started talking about it with my best friend and she was like, yeah, you know, and she had told me about different things before, but when I named it, it was like something changed. So that's what I love about you naming it because there's this freedom to, and a permission to be less than ideal, but just to be real. So you just named all these symptoms and also you're just letting us be vulnerable. So thank you first, before we even talk about solutions. Awesome. So happy to have a place to talk more about it. I mean, I think even in, in a relationship, things like like incontinence and frequent urination, things like um, a low libido or vaginal dryness, like all of these things can start to come, you know, and those all, of course, really impact our relationship with someone. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, they really do. And it starts to be really challenging if you're not aware of what you can do, or even just to know this is part of life, which we've been sharing, hasn't either been known or has been purposefully hidden in some cases. But just to say, you know, you're not alone here. This is quite normal. Um, And yet there's hope. Yes. I think that's where you come in. And what I've loved about your emails is you have a lot of different ways that people can do that. Um, and I know people need to follow your email. I'm putting it in the show notes. Yeah, can you tell you. us um, some of the things that you just feel like we could really learn as we're processing? Like, okay, I now know this is normal. I now know some of the symptoms. What in the world can I do? Yeah, I love that. First, I think I really want to like change some of the messaging. I think we often think like these symptoms or perimenopause or menopause is happening to us, but I actually really think we should look at it like it's happening for us. It's this time in our midlife that where we now have more bandwidth in our brain to recognize and pay attention to these symptoms and think, hey, what's actually no longer serving me? And I think when we say it's happening for us, it's for us to pay attention to the parts of our life that maybe we've neglected or maybe we haven't, you know, really recognized as bothering us or maybe, you know, certain foods or certain activities aren't really serving us the way they once were. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's all over. It's that, you know, the choices we make and the things that have happened to us, time to process those things. So, Yeah. Yeah, that's a good starting point is noticing things are different now, but it doesn't mean they're worse. We have different capacities. Probably some of the things that are happening are even better, but it's noticing you can't you can't put a round peg in a square hole. (laughs) I've tried to do that with some of the changes and I'm like, that's not working for me. That's not for me. Yeah. And I think (laughs) it's a powerful time for us to say like, okay, I'm going to focus on what is real for me and start to trust my body in that process. So when I say it's like happening for us, I think in Chinese medicine, they call menopause your second spring. Like this is, we have decades ahead of us if we take care of our health, you know, we have so much of our life. And, and now that that child rearing beautiful time is, is we're moving through it. We have a lot more capacity to actually have, you know, accomplished so much more, be more creative, be more confident. So So it really is kind of that like knocking on our, our shoulder, you know, shaking us by the shoulders, these symptoms saying like, okay, it's time to change these things. Um, And I think first, so when we look at it that way, then I think that can give us a lot more hope and also just come Mm -hmm. at it from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I would say, and of course, there's a lot of things we can look at to do, but the, the easiest way to look at it first, I think is that it's almost like, just like when you're going through puberty or pregnancy, more is happening in the body. And the way I like to look at it is, so we have a greater energy demand, more is going on, like this transition's happening, someone's getting more work, you know, work piled on them, just like you're in the first trimester, and you're mm-hmm. kind of dog tired, that mm-hmm. feeling, or we know our teenagers, they need to sleep more, they need a little bit more like patience and self-compassion yes. around them, you yeah. know, because more is happening, which means our, you know, We need a greater energy supply Mm -hmm. so we can very quickly look at our life and think, and we can do this with our partners as well and be like, okay, these are all the things that are creating an even greater energy demand in my life. Maybe it's the type of workouts you're doing, or maybe it's the type Mm -hmm. of food that you're eating, or maybe it's, you know, all the things you're saying yes to. And we can say, how do I reduce some of these things? And also, how do I increase the supply of energy in my life? And we can do that, of course, through, you know, good, better sleep, good quality nutrition, 
but also through the richness of our relationship, right? When our relationship is feeling very fulfilled, very connected, then it's really an energy giver, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. There's a new <laughs> oxytocin sort of running through us and like, oh, I'm so happy. And, you yeah. know, it's hard still in some ways, but there's a lot of love and support and acceptance. And Absolutely. so I like how you're reminding us it is these physical properties, but it's also your relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and it can be a lot, you know, there's, there's what we call the primary food and the secondary food in our life. And we get really caught up a lot on the secondary food, which is the food on our plate. And of course, that's important. It plays a huge role in, in our energy and, and our vitality and our ability to, you know, to live. But our primary food are all the other things like our, our connection to spirituality, our relationship, our, you know, our social circle, our fulfillment, our career. And we want to make sure during this time that those, those big primary pieces are, you know, are as fulfilled as they can be, or that we're starting to work to improve them. So we're getting that energy um, and that fulfillment in the other areas that are actually at the end of the day, probably mean a little bit more than our food on our plate. Mm, that is well said. And it really gives people permission to get self-care, which I don't think a lot of women know they need. And I even have noticed some of some husbands are like, yes, I want that for her. And it's like very mm -hmm. clear, but sometimes husbands are like, as you said, we all are doing work together in this world, wherever we are, wherever um, our families are. And it's like, we're all a team. We got to keep going. And so I don't think that because this is a newer concept, a lot of husbands realize sometimes that the the pacing has to shift. I know I even hit early thirties and Wes, my husband didn't realize that. And, and maybe that was before perimenopause, but we had to walk through that transition to be like the pacing I'm keeping isn't working. And yes. I feel like when people understand that spouses and partners, there's a different set of expectations that women put on themselves and that their partners put on them. And mm -hmm. I think you're saying that's part of it all. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do. And, you know, part of this transition and also just part of our cyclical life. So even if, you know, we say perimenopause begins around 35, you might not have any issues or notice anything until you're much later in your 40s, if at mm -hmm. all. But in that meantime, we still typically have a regular cycle, a regular period. Mm -hmm. And that often dictates our capacity and what our energy levels are at. And I think that's really where our connection with our partner and that the communication around this can really benefit couples mm -hmm. is understanding first and foremost, like where, you know, where you are at in your cycle and what your energy capacity is during that time. So we can sometimes do a little more while our partner, you know, focuses on other things. And sometimes they can lean in a little more on the, on the lifestyle or the emotional labor and the child rearing in the house. And when we can work like that, I think it creates this like beautiful environment in a relationship to really thrive. Mm, I love that. And, and thankfully in the past couple of years, and as we've been sharing on the pod, we have started these conversations. I think many of the listeners here, I know I have, they've been life changing and game changing. And even some of the dietary changes I've made or or um, some of these lifestyle slowing down changes. I've noticed both of my teen daughters going through the earlier years. Um, they're they're like watching and they're like, oh, I don't I don't eat much of this food either. And it's not in a way that's weird or bad or shaming. It's literally in a, a life giving way. So I think anyone who's maybe listening in the earlier days too can take some of these tips as well of just noticing these um, these weeks. And you mentioned most of us in the thirty five to fifty five are still in the tip 
typical um, period. So do you have different weeks where you tell people to do different things? Absolutely. Yeah. And maybe we should, we can pop into that a little, because yeah. I think that could be really helpful individually yeah. can certainly be helpful for you know, yeah, our teenagers as they're going through this and, and, and helpful for our partners to support us in. So mm-hmm. we have the, like, there are four phases of our cycle, whether people know them or not, maybe I'll cover them. We have our, our menstrual week that everyone can pick out pretty quickly. And after our menstrual week where we bleed, we have our follicular phase, it's called. And I really like to look at this as like a seasonal situation. You want to think about your follicular phase, like the spring of your body, like our hormones are kind of coming up, you know, things are awakening, we're a little bit more energized. And then we have the ovulatory phase. That's when we can actually get pregnant. That's when we actually ovulate and all of our hormones are kind of coming to the table. And we have our luteal phase, which is, you know, I think commonly known as our PMS time. <laughs> yeah, And it's more like that fall, right? So when you look at it seasonally, it's like, we have, you know, the follicular is like our spring, and we have a lot more energy during that time. So we can handle doing a lot more, we do really well, you know, with new things, new experiences. So in a relationship, it's a great time for like date night or trying something new together, Mm -hmm. you know, that's going to foster a really good connection environment, so that maybe there is more opportunity for intimacy during that time. As we move into the ovulatory phase, that's like our summer. So we're often in full bloom. So like social gatherings in a connection can be really great. Excuse me. And um, and it's a time like our follicular and ovulatory time when we can really push ourselves more. So if you are trying to work out or you're working towards goals, it's a really good time to kind of put that pedal to the metal. Um, and then when we move out of the summer and into the fall in the luteal phase, this is where we often run into a lot of troubles with PMS. Yeah. But ultimately, a lot of the symptoms of PMS, if we think of them like we're tired, we're a little bloated, we're, we have cravings, and those are all signs from the body that it's not getting enough energy. Mm-hmm. And that's likely because in, in the luteal phase and the menstrual phase, our body is busier and it burns uh, about 250 to 350 more calories per day. So if we aren't accommodating for that in maybe pulling back some of our workouts or eating more good quality food or taking a little more time for self-care, we can get kind of cranky. (laughs) We can get a little irritable. We can start to have major cravings because the body's really desperate for that energy. Uh, Yeah. So it's, it's a really, but it's a good time for us to kind of slow down, you know, and, and get ready for that winter phase, which is our menstrual phase. And, Mm -hmm. and really where we almost kind of hibernate a little, where we take a little time where maybe our connection with our partner is more like massages, you know, staying in bed a little bit longer if we can, or maybe that would be a great time for your partner to be like, Hey, I got the kids today, or I can do this, you relax. And all of those things, I think, not just support the health of the relationship, but, and the health of the body, but also our opportunity for intimacy, which I think Mm -hmm. is so, you know, a big piece of the puzzle for a lot of relationships around this age. Yeah. Yeah. Because people are thinking, well, we're just too different now and we've already maybe created and instead you can focus on other projects. You can focus in on this being part of your, your new uh, walk in health together as being part of it through the seasons. Cause of course your partner is shifting as well. So I think that's nice for you to say, like, this is a time for growing intimacy when you're this vulnerable, when you really tell them. Um, And I do find most partners want to know, but like you said, we've had a lot of taboo around sharing. So, um, 
Before you tell us about your programs, I was going to say, do you have any just ways that you could remind people this could be a way to talk to your partner, like to kind of start that conversation if they feel awkward about it? Obviously, I'm a type seven, so I'm a little not awkward about it. I'm probably <laughs> awkward by being not awkward about it, but can you give all of us some tips on that? That's a great one. I mean, I think, I mean, certainly encouraging someone to listen to this podcast episode would be a really great start. You know, I, I, I think, yeah. So I absolutely think that's a great place to be. You know, if you, if you and your partner are already doing things like listening to podcasts like this for growth, then I, then I think you have a good connection to talk. Mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, I, I guess it's not safe to assume, but being open about when you have your cycle mm -hmm. and where mm -hmm. it's at can really let them in. Cause I think often we keep things to ourselves as women, cause we're, we don't know how to talk about it. And yet we're just kind of keeping them in the dark. I think most men would be, most partners would be really happy to be there for us yes. if they could know what it is and what it means. So, you know, I think a, a simple conversation could start like, Hey, I'm, I'm I'm feeling extra tired in this phase of the month for me. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, you know, I'm wondering if, you know, if, if we could talk a little bit about how to, you know, if, about maybe you could take this on for me and I'll, I'll get you next time or, you know, just different mm -hmm. opening that commune lines of communication. If it's a tougher conversation, if mm -hmm. you're more open, I would absolutely be like, Hey, this is when I'm getting my period. You know, like this is, these yeah. are the phase that I'm in. And, and yeah. that's something that I would encourage men to do is know the phase of the cycle that your yeah. partner is yeah. to support them. Yeah. I, knowing that allow makes it one, it can create a bit more compassion because you can be like, okay, you know, last week she was doing it all. And this week, maybe I need to make sure I'm, I'm showing up and, and can support a little bit more in there. Mm, yes. And it will foster vulnerability and intimacy, as you said, because vulnerability can be good and bad. You know, it's like if you're vulnerable with somebody who isn't safe, that's not as healthy. Um, yeah. But if you're vulnerable and you are kind, you know, which I think you're you're reminding us that people listening to this podcast probably are trying to intentionally be kind. Then there is such a welcoming towards intimacy with it to say, like, I, I am here for you. I also think it's good affair and infidelity prevention in the sense that sometimes people think the magical thinking that nobody else is going through this. But when you educate your partner about it, their eyes are open to every person walks through this that's female. And this is something that um, even if I switch partners is going to happen over there. So Absolutely. I think that's helpful too. Yeah, that's a really good point. I love that. You're right. And I think that again, just knowing more when we, when, and when we get to show up for our partner, I think that also fulfills something in a lot of us, right? It's like, oh, I feel useful. I feel helpful and not always on the outside. Oh, I love that. Let's, let's, yeah, grab that hero instinct and let people help each other. That's yeah. a good part of marriage. Um, yeah. Well, tell us where everybody can find you in some of your <laughs> offerings, because I have found your offerings to be very robust. So I would love for you to let us know what to expect when, you know, maybe somebody's listening, like I could use help here or there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. So you can come. I have a podcast as well. It's called the Period Whisperer Podcast, where we really deep dive into all things hormones and perimenopause and midlife and, and really decoding the whispers of your body. So you can mm -hmm. check that out anywhere or come find me on Instagram, Bria underscore period underscore whisperer. Those are great places. And, uh, you know, a really great place to start. Sometimes people are like, is it even my hormones? So you can actually pop on over to my website or my Instagram bio, and you'll see a quiz there that helps you understand kind of mm. 
where you might be at, because I think understanding where you're at in your hormones will help guide you on the path to where you want to go. Do you just need some, you know, sort of some tune up, some better understanding of your cycle like this, or do we actually need to do some more deep rooted healing before we can, you know, get back, get to that cycle. So it's a really great quiz that you can do that. And I also have a daily hormone checklist and I will, um, that I will, I will send over to you to put in the show notes as well, if you don't mind, Krista. And it's just a free checklist that really helps you understand the basics here. Um, yeah, yeah. Which I think is a great place to start. Otherwise I do work one-on-one with clients and I have a, a great membership community for clients to come in and just really work on this, on the piece of healing and, mm-hmm. and optimizing those hormones for, mm-hmm. for life and relationships. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Thank you. That is so hope filled. And I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for you reminding everyone listening. They are allowed to rest. They are allowed to shift And that is, you know, some of the first times we've ever heard this in culture. So thank you sharing all of it in the show notes. Thank you so much, Bria. Thank you, Krista. Thank you so much for having me today. Mm -hmm. Thanks, guys. It was so good to get to talk with Bria. And I hope you got to learn something today. Take just one thing from today with you, whether it be about having an intimate conversation or something else life-changing that you got from today's episode. I hope that you'll allow yourself to step into that healthy power that knows when to rest and when to get back up there and when to shift something in your life. Otherwise, you are worth it. Your people are worth it. So go get it. Come into our show notes and get everything there too. And I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you loved today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramAndMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.